Imaginate Community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to a very special Christmas episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to uh, encourage you to have diversity in thought without creating division in your community, and where we also want you to remember how to think instead of tell you what you should think. And today, we're going to encourage you on uh, thinking more broadly about the big red guy, Mr. Santa Q. Claus. I am Matt Fisher. I'm the creative director here at Hill City, where we uh, record this and every episode of the podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, Mr. John Wagler. Wags, Merry Christmas. Merry What's Christmas. going on? Well, upon recording this said episode, it is my birthday today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. So there's that. I'm a monster. I walked in and totally ignored your birthday Oh, I don't today. care about that. Um, <laughs> you know, what's interesting is I did not realize this, but this time last year, we got 14 inches of snow. Oh, yeah. I only know that because someone who texted me happy birthday, the last text was a year ago on my birthday. And my response was, ironically, as much as I hate snow, we are under 14 inches of it right now. On my birthday. <laughs> on my birthday. What did you do to make God angry? Yeah. So that's going to be 60 today. Though also, I suppose, ironically, we're talking about Santa and snow. And people think sometimes he's Satan. Right? <laughs> so there you like, go. So, on your birthday. On my birthday. So anyway. Your most favorite topic right here on yeah. your birthday. And we are lucky enough today to be joined by the one and only next-gen pastor of Hill City Church, our friend, our co-worker, the most beloved, Cara Robinson. Cara, what's Hello. going on? <laughs> it's good to be here. You will now forever. That is your new title, the most beloved. I love it. I'll take it. <laughs> Me, David. Uh, you and David, the most beloved of all. Um, and yeah, we're going to have Kara on today to kind of talk with... I wasn't joking earlier. We are going to talk about Santa Claus. Indeed, yes. Um, it is oddly... It's a it's a fun uh, topic and can be very lighthearted. But if, if you're... Especially if you're a parent out there, you know that this is... Can be a very polarizing topic is okay. like how you deal with Santa mm-hmm. Claus in your house. Um, so we thought it would be a perfect sort of Christmas stay curious. I feel like after we launched the podcast in March or whatever, I automatically was like... When Christmas comes, we have to do a Santa Claus <laughs> And uh, having Kara here was very appropriate because she is our next-gen pastor here. So she's in charge of kids' ministry and and uh, the next generation of believers here at Hill City. Um, and she has to deal with Santa Claus uh, conversations all the time. I do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're just going to kind of like talk about our experiences with a big guy um, and sort of the myth around Santa Claus. We'll probably talk a little bit about St. Nick, who's a real person, um, because I know that's a big part of how we teach here at Hill City, and I love to talk about that. Um, And uh, we're going to kick it off by just like kind of talking about perspectives, how we treat this topic in each of our individual households and why we do that. Um, And then we'll kind of talk about um, just how we how we deal with it here within the community um, because we were, we were talking off air about how <laughs> I guess no denomination has like a doctrinal stance on Santa. <laughs> Not that I know of. Of course, there's like 300 I'm denominations sure, yeah. or something. Way more than that. But uh, I would say our church more than a lot, just as we have diversity in opinions on politics and ideology and theology and all that stuff, we have a pretty, I think, pretty wide like uh, yeah. uh, diversity of, of uh, thought on, on Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. For sure. Even just on staff. That's true. Although, I, am I the only... Uh, so, we'll go ahead and, and get it all out there. Am I the only super pro Santa? Because I am... Cra- you guys know. <laughs> you, you, you got Every year, these poor these guys are, are uh, um, subject to me regaling them with tales of Santa Claus and how important he is. <laughs> I don't know. You might be. I, I, just, the, I, I can't believe I'm an executive pastor and... 
Oh so yeah. The Millers, I believe, did. Really? Santa. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think oh. you're right. Well, I'm the only one who's like real uppy about it. Yeah. Um, well, and your kids are younger. That's true too. That's true. But we should also say, trigger warning. I guess <laughs> trigger warning is too strong. If you're listening I with your not, children yeah. in the car. Yeah. If you're listening with your children in the car, um, and you know, uh, depending on how you handle this topic, uh, maybe you should, you know, listen without your children in the car. It's just there's going to be a lot of cursing about Santa. No, not We're not going to curse about Santa, though I would. Um, though I would. <laughs> we just don't want your kid to be like, why have you been lying to me for all these years? Oh, my gosh. Here we go. So, John Wagler, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how the Wagglers um, associate with Santa uh, and then also like kind of why you came to that and, and what yeah. your experience was growing up? So, both Lacey and I come from the same like kind of mindset with Santa, like as we grew up. So um, we don't do anything with Santa other than saying like it's imagination Mm. and we always kind of build up imagination for our kids, Mm. you know? So we, we tell them, Hey, it's cool that other kids believe in Santa, but you know, you don't. And here's why. And we love the imagination, the story component of it. That's a beautiful thing. God created us with imaginations. And so we, you know, enhance that way of thinking um but we've raised them then the real story of saint nick and we have read that almost every christmas we have read that to them or they've read books themselves you know on it at this point uh we'll do the same thing with ruby as she's growing up but we've never done anything with santa um both Lacey and i grew up in homes that did not do anything with santa for me uh, her story is a little bit different but for me it was uh, a large portion of my childhood, my mom was a single mom. And so every present was very special. Mm-hmm. And for her, it was like, I don't want some random fake dude to get credit for all the hard work that I'm doing as a, as a mom, you know, yeah. <laughs> to, for the present or presents um, that we would get as kids. And, and that wasn't the only reason there were some faith reasons to that, would, you know, grew up in a really conservative home, but, um, but there, that was part of it. And so, Honestly, Santa was never, you know, part of my upbringing as a kid, other than knowing that, like, other kids believed in him, whatever. And um, so it's funny because both Lacey and I, when we were five, um, clearly at different times, Mm -hmm. but um, we both told kids in our classes that Santa wasn't real. I believe Lacey's words were Santa is dead. Santa's dead is what Lacey said. I said he wasn't oh real. God. Yes. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah. So, um, but we both took the time out in kindergarten to <laughs> really try and ruin kids' lives and um, tell them, yeah, in her case, that Santa was dead. In my case, that he wasn't real. Um, and so, yeah, that was how it worked for us. And and so we have been, now Max almost did that. Um mm. In when he was five or six, and so we have been had to be like very particular with like every day during the season. We have been not anymore, they're 11, but every day during the season, like when they were young, we would be like on the way to school, we'd be like, You cannot <laughs> say anything to your friends about Santa if they believe in Santa, just let it ride. All right, then <laughs> don't go. So, yeah, that's our story. So funny. And Cara, how do the Robinsons deal with this very hot topic? Ooh, um. <laughs> We do not do Santa either. Um, I grew up not believing in Santa, but my husband did. Mm-hmm. Um, but he it wasn't like in a hardcore camp for or against, just mm-hmm. kind of left it up 
to me and whatever I thought. Um, and his parents are great because sometimes grandparents mm. can also be very particular in conversations that I've had with people. Mm. Um, and thankfully, both his mom and dad, I think at first were like, well, why wouldn't you embrace Santa? Right. But um, they have always been super respectful to us and how we want to raise our kids. Mm. And so they did not allow it to become a thing. Um, but so I remember clearly as a kid being in the mall probably around four or five and seeing a, a long line mm. of people, mostly kids, wanting to go somewhere and being like, what is going on with all those kids over there? And asking my mom about it. And she said, well, they're lining up to sit on Santa's lap to like tell him what they want for Christmas. And I was like, what? What? You know, <laughs> and she and I don't think I really know who Santa was. And so then she quickly in the mall, like, gave me the Reader's Digest version of who Santa was. And she said, a lot of people play a game where, you know, they believe that Santa brings them a Christmas gift. Do you want to play the game? And I was like, uh, no, primarily because I saw the long line of kids. And I was like, I'm not waiting in that line to, like, sit on that dude's lap. I don't know. Um, so we just didn't. I was given the option if I wanted to play the Santa game. I did not want to play the Santa game. So we didn't do it. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of how we approached it with our kids, because mm-hmm. um, we. T- I love anything creative and fun and wonder and like that part of Santa. Like I totally get like the wonder and the fun, exciting part. Um, but at the same time, I um, I also have a teaching background, and so I approach everything kind of as. Um, well, what do I want the end game to be? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want the end game to be a 16-year-old believing in Santa. So why am I going to start off teaching them about someone that, though he was a real person, does, isn't currently a truth thing? Um, so it kind of went against how I think about teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, so that it just wasn't ever a thing. They know who Santa was. We talk about it. We... Um, I, for a while, I think I even was like, it was like kind of tongue in cheek. Santa gives you your Christmas stockings or like that wooden toy over there, you yeah. know. But it just, it like never caught on and ended up like it became more of a thing yeah. to try to make it. I don't know. Yeah. So we just didn't. Interesting. Do it. So growing up, um, my mom used to tell us, you quit believing, you quit receiving. <laughs> so <laughs> we were hardcore about the Santa game. <laughs> Um, I can remember uh, always having the best of uh, feelings about Santa. I don't remember feeling um, any kind of negative way when I, you know, and I don't, I think most kids, you know, the the misconception, I was reading a little bit about it um, on some like child uh, psychology blogs this past week. And like psychology today and a couple of other places. I think the main, you know, the big misconception is that like, they'll hear it in school or you'll have to sit down one day and like break it to them. But like the reality of it is 99% of kids figure it out on their own. That's, and some would say, and we, I would say that's part of the fun of the game is figuring it out is like snooping through the house and finding the presents and then like listening to the other kids in school as they stop believing. And then like just kind to trying to like, uh, between the ages of, they say like seven and nine figuring out like, yeah, guys don't, like guys can't fit down the, the <laughs> chimney or like, you know it's just not um so i never remember ha- so we were pretty hardcore about it but i don't remember having any like i don't have one negative um memory of 
the Santa game. I like okay. that idea of it. Um, and I loved some Santa. I was not a mascot guy, but I would always go sit on Santa's lap. I can remember when I was seven, I wrote a song for Santa and sang it to our, wow. uh, you know, the like blow mold, like Santa's, the big light up Santa's yeah. that we used yeah. to have back in the day. That's like the one piece of plastic all like yes. blown. I would like hold him and sing it to him. <laughs> oh <my laughs> sing gosh. this little song that I wrote. Um, and was that it, was, was it punk or was it, it was no, this was, was a... before my, this was before Aww. I was shattered. I was just screaming his face as a seven year old. No, this was pre, this was pre green day, Matt, when I was still innocent to the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just always, I can remember like sleep, trying to catch him, like sleeping in the living room and so, man, my parents were good at it. Like I ne I don't ever remember seeing my parents ever lay hands on our gifts or like put them out. Even when I fell asleep out in the living room one time. Um, and I think in general, it kind of ties into my whole, like for me, the importance of, um, having like a strong and healthy, like, fantasy life now for as adults like that has sort of a like lascivious connotation <laughs> of fantasy life but for a little kid like my grandmother telling me that that pics you know fairies were real and reading lord of the rings to me and stuff like that i just and i know it's different for everybody but for me it was just like i was overweight as a kid and um my brother you know with like a lot of people have addiction in their family, but for me going through like the dare program and in the middle of it, you know, like finding out that my older brother, um, was a drug addict and like just all this reality stuff. Um, and having those things to kind of like go into, I think was really valuable for me as a kid. And I think that there's definitely like a toxic version of that. We see it with people all the time with video game, everything from video games to like pornography and like this idea of like escaping into a fantasy world yeah. that you can control. But for me, it was just always something that looking back on my life, I was just like, man, I don't know who I would be if I didn't have stuff like Santa Claus and Lord of the Rings and, and all of these things. So um, it's always been super important to me and, and I love the real story of Santa. You guys have always, we cannot get through a Christmas without me mentioning that St. Nicholas punched a guy in the face during the council of Nicaea, which is like my favorite thing <laughs> in the whole world because the guy said that Jesus wasn't really God. Um, I don't want to, I'm telling I'm, you, dude, it I'm, happened. I know. <laughs> I just should ask Lamar Bannister. I, I'm going to ruin that story for you. Oh but. no. Did you, are you going to disprove my, my punch? He's story? the nope You're <laughs> story. I just feel bad because you're just so giddy about Santa <laughs> and I'll just let, maybe let you keep believing Go it. for it. No, so like on the council and I see it, there there is a list of all the people that were there. Yeah. And he's not on there. Uh, and so I'm gonna have to look He was this. never there. Really? Yeah. And um, Was it during oh, I wonder where I heard that story. No, no, no. It is a absolute Oh, it is a real myth. It's a real myth. I mean, it's a, no, a you, real myth. You're not like coming up like some okay. random story that has been tossed around. It's just but he, there is a written list, and he was yeah. Alive. There was a guy uh, that was the leader of Arianism. That, yeah, you know the Arian heresy. Yeah, that um, said that Jesus wasn't divine, and mm -hmm. so the story goes that then Saint Nick slapped him across the face um, as a way with his to, fist <laughs> and, with, uh, a, with a big red glove with a big, you know, like with a big furry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just the, the problem is that neither one of those dudes were there. Arian and, wasn't there either. No, and so, um, so they're Wait, not on the did list. He make that claim. I love that this got theological. <laughs> <laughs> so sitting here um, quietly. <laughs> no, so it even the timing doesn't like match up perfectly because of when 
Nick would have been around and oh, everything. So um, I'm going to continue to believe that. Do <laughs> it. I mean, <laughs> but I would say, you know, to your point, though, about like the imagination part and even the story of him, like the I, I think the downside to what you're describing, um, not, not the downside, the, no, okay. the yeah. other side is so many kids grow up without actually ever learning the real story yeah do you know what i mean yeah and we you know we didn't really like not an indictment of how i mean obviously i had a great santa experience yeah yeah i don't ever remember learning about saint nick yeah and we were methodist so we were pretty like not learning about saints (laughs) uh but yeah i remember learning about it as an adult and really having a blast like learning who he really was yeah i mean his, his individual story is so powerful of his incredible generosity, the way he treated people, the how passionate he was about following Jesus. Right. You know, the part of the reason why he has so many myths about him, mm-hmm. like the slapping somebody or what, yeah. and listen, like that could be true in some other scenario, right? right? Right. But just the way it's told. He could have slapped somebody somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> but like it, but I think what it does is like stories like that in the legend that, mm-hmm. you know, comes from him and there's other stories, you know, there's a bunch of stories about him that people just wondered, like, did he really do that or not? Mm. But I think the reason that someone gets such a legend was because of the incredible passion that was truly there to be so generous and to be such a passionate follower of Jesus. Mm. And I do think that that's part of, this is going to sound like a fuddy duddy a little bit, but like, I think when you look at the commercialization of Christmas and how, like we are way off track, right. <laughs> you know, when it comes to Christmas. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and so I am all in for like the imagination and, and that part. Like I, I fully agree with that. And that's cool. And we just, I mean, we didn't do that, but like, that's cool. But I just think part of the reason we've gotten so off track is simply, man, people actually don't know even the real story of him, mm-hmm. let alone the real story of Jesus. But like the, right. the story of Nick and what that meant, you yeah. know, and everything. Yeah. And we've like started one thing that we do differently than, than I had growing up was we do talk about St. Nick. And I think it's kind of part of um, Cash and Clarabelle's like um, discovery of the reality about Santa Claus is learning the difference between St. Nick, like kind of the difference between the reality of St. Nick and the myth of Santa Claus. And we've already sort of started having that conversation. Um, But another thing that's super important to me um, or it was important to me growing up was the sort of, it taught me the Santa game taught me the difference between what's uh, what's powerful like because you believe it and what's true whether you believe it or not. So like I never remember and I think that's another fear too is that like kids will get confused and like put Santa in the same camp as like Jesus or Noah or whatever. Um, and for me it was always like and I think for my kids we, we explained to them and we started to explain to Cash as he's kind of started to get down the path a little bit of like, well, there's some stuff that's, there's a certain kind of real that comes from belief and imagination. And then there's real, whether you believe it or not. And that's been like super important for us because it's almost kind of, again, for us, a way to explain to kids. Cause you know, you don't want to tell your, you know, when your kids start to encounter people of other faiths and stuff like that, you don't want to tell your kids like, well, they're wrong. But you do want to communicate to your kids like, well, Jesus was Jesus, whether people believe it or not. Like he exists outside of because I think the sort of relativism of culture tells you that's your truth. Right. So it's weird. Like the whole Santa thing, the Santa game for us is also sort of like a 
training exercise in understanding the difference between relative truth and like true real truth um and it's led to some really cool conversations especially with cash uh recently but that was always a big thing for me was understanding the difference between like what's real um whether i believe it or not and uh, like what's real the way this table in front of us is real and what's real because I believe in it so much mm-hmm. um, because I think that's another thing is a lot of people get into that that thought pattern of like well you know I don't believe in God so he's not real to me but it's like yeah I, I don't know I always want my kids to leave our house understanding that like he's there whether you are like on board or not you know he's real the way this table is real um, so it's begun to like um, we've begun to have these really cool conversations about like levels of reality or different types of what what is real real and what is real what is made real by the power of of your imagination or your belief um and there was one other thought that i had oh i think it's also interesting because it's kind of like it's like um like we all go through a a faith well most of us go through a faith deconstruction right and i can actually point some of the healthiness of my faith deconstruction back to my experience with the santa game of like what is it to like cash is deconstructing his belief in Santa right now. And it's almost like, it's like de- it's like faith deconstruction with kid gloves on. It's like a kid's version of faith deconstruction. And it's like really interesting to watch and also interesting to talk through with him. And I can almost see some of the conversations that we're having with him now mirroring conversations later in life of like, this is how we'll talk through it when you do get to that age of like, is this the thing or whatever? And, you know, our hope is that through this sort of evolution and and hard work that like we're doing here in, in next gen, uh, you know, ministry that and like Andy Stanley talks a lot about um, sending your kids away to college prepared for that, like sort of the reality of not everybody believes right. the way that you do. Um, so the hope is that like this generation of kids will have like less of a harsh deconstruction than maybe some of us did. But it's funny, like I can see some of the conversations Cash and I are having now about Santa Claus kind of mirroring, like being the kid book version of some of the conversations I have with people about their like faith deconstruction. Well, and I, that's great because you are so well read and you have such a great ability to break that stuff down mm-hmm. for your kids mm-hmm. and take the time to have those conversations. Just the way you approach that is really cool. Um, I think the bulk of parents don't have that, though. Mm. And so, like, for me, part of the reason why um, I was guarded or felt like we should be guarded in mm-hmm. introducing, like, Santa the man, the myth, mm-hmm. Um to our kids is I felt like that was a lot of power to give a man Mm. like to be omnipresent omniscient those are God qualities Mm. and for me it was kind of like why am I gonna worship the son when I can worship the man who made the son Mm, so and I think there's a real fine line for families between like embracing like the fun and wonder and creativity Mm -hmm. um, of the myth of Santa Mm -hmm. And kind of like borderline worshiping Santa. And I think for kids, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want my children to place all that power and wonder on a man mm-hmm. that I felt like Christmas was the prime time to mm-hmm. like be excited about God. 
mm-hmm. and his plan of reconciliation for us, you know, as people to be in a relationship with him. He had a plan like all along and we get to start seeing the plan like take human form and take shape. And I didn't want to feel like there is a battle between like, oh, mom, like, why are you talking about Jesus again? Like, let's get back to Santa, you know, like in my mind, those were the conversations that it was possible. Like sometimes there's a gamble with parenting, you know, and I wasn't ready to take that gamble that there would be a dude that would overshadow a divine power. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just like part of my perspective coming into it of why we sidestepped that and I totally see what you're saying like with how it's like having faith conversations with your kid with training wheels when you're starting to talk about training wheels was God. the word I was trying to find <laughs> um, you have a great ability to do that mm. I didn't trust myself to be able to to get that there and mm. articulate that with mm. our kids so that was like one gamble I was like you know what I can not even worry about that by just not embracing the big jolly man himself. Mm. Well, even when you look at, you know, you know, Matt, you do do a good job of breaking things down. And we've had conversations about that with your kids before and everything. And, but even parents who say, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, but are you really, you know, are you, are you really having a, um, are you really taking the time to break down a faith conversation and training wheels with your kid about Santa? Mm. You know, like there's a difference. I, I don't know. I'm just for for Lacey and I. We we always just think about our kids are inundated with so many things all the time that have nothing to do with Jesus. And then the time, you know, that it's really supposed to be all about Jesus, it gets overwhelmed by all the things that have nothing to do with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there is like, I I think we do also need to be sensitive about redemptive moments. Mm-hmm. And I would say that. Christmas season is also a redemptive moment and take time. I, again, I will never tell a parent not to do Santa Claus. Like I would never do that. Like that's not, um, I, I've always been in the camp of, you know, if it's fun with your kids, do it and appreciate the imagination and the, you know, fun memories you can have with that. And so I'm, I'm always in that camp. However, I do think that if the parents aren't balancing what goes along with that, then you actually are, you are setting up your child for like tougher conversations later, you know, and even a car's point, which is a great one about the characteristics of Santa Mm -hmm. that take on the characteristics of God, then there is an element of, um, are you using those commonalities to talk about God Mm -hmm. or are you setting yourself up for conversations later? Like, well, yeah, Santa didn't, I mean, like we've been saying God's like, just like Santa and like, he's not real either, you know, like that kind of thing. And so I I think that there are, there is a balance that you need to strike in all of this. Mm -hmm. And so if like people are listening, like, and you love Santa, feel free. Like that's not, this is not like a condemnation in any kind of way. It's just, it's just you, if, if you as a parent actually don't even know the real story of where it came from, you know, or, Mm -hmm. or the fact that honestly, you know, this is a new phenomenon too. This isn't, like Santa doesn't go back to the 1400s. It doesn't go back to the 50. It it started late 1700s, mm-hmm. early 1800s here in America, and um, and in particular up in New York is where it kind of like really took on 
this view. And then it was really slow going for a long time. And then it was early 1900s that like this became a larger thing. And then the Salvation Army has obviously mm-hmm. brought even more light to it because they've had, you know, mm-hmm. over the last few decades, they've had Santa's everywhere for like donations and everything too. So like it's, it's been, I wonder if, no, I was going to say, I wonder if people boycott that now, but like they're um, like, but like there there's, you think about some of the modern phenomenon to this and it's like, are we playing into some modern things that actually could be detracting from where like literally billions of kids were fine yeah. <laughs> before all yeah. this. So anyway, I did, I don't know. I just think it's good to have balance with it. And mm-hmm. I, I love how you talk about it and I've always appreciated that and i love how you do it with your kids and which is a good model for parents to go by when it comes around you know Mm. um the topic but if you're not willing to invest in like that part Mm. you know then i do think it it's more detrimental than helpful yeah and i think that's like my big thing with almost any you know i think santa has more because culturally you know in a hundred years kids we may be having this conversation about the force right like star wars will have been around for long (laughs) enough that the force just becomes like a thing that some kids think are real and then they find out you know uh but so i think santa has like more clout than some of this other stuff but i guess that's just always been my thing about any of this like fantasy stuff like lord of the rings and star wars and comic books and all this stuff that like i love so much is yeah i mean if you're not um as a Christian, so if you're not a Christian, that's different set of rules, I guess. But oh, like, I got I got stuff for that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as a Christian, like, yeah, it's such a good. Just don't let those things replace God. Let them point to Him, because that's really like if my kids want to talk about Star Wars, and then they kind of like start to draw a little bit of the connection between like the force and the Holy spirit or like, Oh yeah. And the Bible, it's kind of like in the Bible or it's kind of like how Jesus could do this, that, or the other thing, or like, could Jesus use the force? And I'm always going to have a discussion with them about like, well, this is real. And star Wars is a result of a creator God that like created us to make things and, and have imaginations. And like, isn't this like such an awesome result of that, but it's always going to like point back to the truth of the Bible. And it's the same thing with Santa. Like, I think one of the things that my parents did a great job of was whenever it came up, it was always like, well, Santa does what he does because he loves Jesus so much. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? And even when I believed that Santa was a real, like, yeah, omniscient, you know, like possibly time traveling, like all these crazy weird, like, uh, powers, I still, in my head, always thought like, yeah, and he, like, gets those powers from, like, wanting to celebrate Jesus's birthday. Um, And, you know, as you grow, you know, Again, like you said earlier, like a 16-year-old believing that would be a serious theological <laughs> issue. Right. But, you know, for a seven-year-old who writes songs for Santa, it's a different thing. But I always feel like that was something that was, to me, it was never that, I never remember having that thing that you were talking about being afraid of, of like, can we just talk about Santa? Jesus is a bummer. It was always like an extension of, in my That's fantasy cool. brain, you know, um, that that this is something that, you know, this is like I don't know, exactly what saints are, I guess, which is people who love Jesus so much that they get myths about, them, you know, that they do right. these crazy things and get like myths about them. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you guys are saying. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm the same way. Like, just like you wouldn't tell a parent not to do Santa. I wouldn't tell a parent who doesn't do Santa that yeah, they're like somehow kid. ruining right. their children. Um, and also, I think it's worth noting, like, we never and I don't remember my parents ever like, you know, don't. 
there's a thing I think especially with dads a lot of times but with parents in general where you kind of want to like haze your kids a little bit when they get to a certain age <laughs> and it's like don't make your kids sit on some man's lap if yeah. they don't want to <laughs> like well, don't, you yeah, know, don't tell nowadays, them they're not going to get something for there Christmas there are so many, so many weird things that I feel like we or people like do and when you start unpacking different like Santa things it's like it is kind of weird that I asked my kid to sit on a strange man's yeah. lap yeah to tell them what they want. <laughs> if they don't want to do that, if it's not a fun game for them, don't make them do right. that. Um, also, don't do Krampus. <laughs> Everybody thinks Krampus is funny. Krampus is terrible. You guys I don't, don't know, know what about that Krampus. is. It's like a, it's a, it's an extended part of the like Scandinavian like Christmas winter thing. And it's, uh, he's basically a demon that like follows around behind Santa. And if you were bad, he oh, stuffed I've you full of straw. Oh, I've seen the videos. Yeah. <laughs> There's like the Krampus snatch. It's like yeah. a parade. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's another thing like, I think if Santa had ever been punitive for me, that would have not been a good. No, like I yeah. would never. Like, there's kind. definitely that that weird like if you're good then this happens like, yeah don't make that don't yeah. make it that. I would say <laughs> Santa is full of grace just like Jesus even if you're bad. <laughs> One quick thing off of what you're saying, and I know Car, you got something else to say too, but I, for for parents out there or for people that will be parents or want to be parents someday sure. too, out in in your Christian, I would just say this. You need to take every opportunity to point things back to Jesus. Like as a parent, like right. you you need to consistently do that. And so many parents get wrapped up in like I don't know what to do, like I don't know how to have a devotional with my kid. I don't know how to pray with my kid or whatever. The greatest thing you can do with your child is to keep pointing them back to Jesus and how life like how life speaks into that. Mm-hmm. And so like if a parent never did one devotional with their child or never prayed with their child but but really consistently try to just point life back to Jesus in different things. It'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could get away with all of that. Yeah. You know? Just, just be present. Like, yeah. because er, the, if there's one thing I'm not by any means the best parent in the world, but like, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that like that feeling that you get that mountaintop feeling they talk about where like you're watching the sun come up over the shore or whatever. And it makes you feel close to God. Kids whole lives are like that. Like everything is wonder like mm-hmm. to them. And so like, Everything is a devo- you know to if you're present and you notice the little um, the little moments to that that you're able to like point back to Jesus. It's like everything is that way. Like literally, we'd be sitting there and watching, like I said, Star Wars or or whatever, or like right. Avengers cartoon, and start talking about magic and superpowers, and like it all is potentially an easy way to get into like a devotional type. Well, a <laughs> little know, kid men plug the parent cue that we supply parents with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hard copies, digital copies. Um, it does a great job of doing that yeah, because it really that's, does. I know here at our church, that's what we want kids to develop as an organic faith. Um, mm-hmm. And you get that by seeing Jesus in everyday aspects of life. And mm-hmm. the parent key does a great job with kind of giving parents a segue into that, that kind of talks thematically about what they're learning about on Sundays, but how to have those natural conversations with your kids. Like when you're talking about the force and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. all of that, reading Harry Potter. Like, um, there are so many avenues to be able to bring things back to Jesus mm-hmm. that um, that's really all you need to do. And kids often like set you up so yeah. easily to do it. You just have to take the chance to like step in. Yeah, Parent Q is great too. I'll plug Parent Q. Parent Q is great for when I'm just tired, like I'm just too tired to try to figure out how to make this Star Wars conversation about Jesus, which happens to me all the time. Like I don't mm-hmm. want people to think that I'm like this conversational acrobat that can just like always figure out a way. Like when I'm just tired and I'm sitting at the dinner table and I'm just like, oh my gosh, 
gosh, I just don't. I can't right now. The parent cue is like the perfect jump start to be like. Well, they're dinner. You don't even have to think about it. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It's really good. Uh, it's really good. Um, so if that's something, you sh- yeah, I mean for sure, parent cue, no matter where you're at, like super super useful. Um. So oddly enough, mm-hmm. from the next gen pastor, mm-hmm. setting faith aside for a second. Mm. Um, if you are listening to this podcast and you're not a follower of Christ, which I know you guys have a lot of people that do follow um, mm-hmm. the Stay Curious podcast that wouldn't necessarily call themselves a Christian. Um, as a teacher, because I was a fifth grade teacher way before I was a children's pastor and was a teacher before I was a parent, um, I have an issue <laughs> with um, – kids all of a sudden being really concerned with how they're treating other people and being good because they want something. Mm. And I know that's not every single kid, but in, you know, helping be a daycare assistant with helping being a kindergarten assistant and then a fourth, fifth, fifth grade, sixth grade teacher, um, all of a sudden, you know, seeing kids really concerned with um, if they're being good quote unquote you know or not and um it's the same reason that when i became a parent i hated that book one two three magic Mm. a lot of people love one two three magic with getting your kids you know to obey cannot stand that book because when i ask you to do something i want you to do it first time we call it first time obedience in our house don't wait until i get to the number three so like then all of a sudden decide, you know, I'm going to pick up my socks, you know, because kids will, if kids will wait for you to count, don't wait for me to count to three. Just do it because I actually you pick up your socks. If you get to one, you're in trouble. Oh my gosh. That's so it. it's like yeah. one, <laughs> two, okay. two and a half. So exactly. Two and three quarters. Okay. Bobby still isn't moving. Three. Um, but I, I want my kids to grow up having a sense of. I need to make the wise choice because it's the wise choice because God made you, God made me. um, So there should be a respect and an honor no matter what all the time. And so I do think that then all of a sudden November, December rolls around and now kids are like, oh my gosh, I got to be good because I want to get something. And that's not the way kindness works. It's not the way honor and respect works. Um, so from like a teacher standpoint, um, it was always super frustrating because I wanted my students to be kind and obedient all year long, not just because now they were worried I was going to snitch on them like mm-hmm. to their parents and it was going to affect their Christmas list. Um, so that was like a big thing to me seeing that even before we had kids, that my kids were not going to all of a sudden be good mm-hmm. because they wanted something in particular. I would say with the same vigor that I defend Santa, I will rail against Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, yeah. It's awful. <laughs> it's creepy. See, Elf on a Shelf, if I was going to pick something to like all of a sudden enter in like tradition-wise, yeah. it would be Elf on the Shelf. What? But not, not for its purpose, right? It's because I think it's hysterical. Like... So, you like scaring people, though. I do. <laughs> we I like the about startle this effect. But um, I think it's funny. Like when the elf is like doing yeah. snow angels I agree. and I the powdered sugar. But yeah. it would be just because it's funny. And where's the elf going to be today? It wouldn't have like a tie-in necessarily yeah. to yeah. it reporting back to Santa. So it would be like leprechauns on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, like, my gosh, yes. Footprints. I you would put. That. Okay. And here's the weird <laughs> thing about me. 
One we word. never <laughs> one weird thing. Have many weird things. Um, because we could also say, "What's the tie-in to like right. the Easter Bunny?" And like we yeah. could go down many rabbit trails. <laughs> um, I love the creative aspect. Surprise me! Oh my gosh, how did that happen? So I would I would turn the toilet bowl water green. Mm-hmm on St. Patrick's Day. But it wasn't because I wanted to teach my kids that there are leprechauns. It was because I thought it was funny. And I would do <laughs> random stuff. For your own amusement. For my, truly. <laughs> Parenting has been for my own amusement. Yeah. Same thing. Um, we can talk about whether or not, you know, the tooth fairy is real. We all know, no. Mm-hmm. But the great pumpkin, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but we would do, like, I would leave great pumpkin gifts, not teaching my kids that there's a great pumpkin, but um, my mom would always send me a bright red orange care package in college filled with things that you don't normally want to spend your money on mm-hmm. and buy. Yeah. And um, and it was always so much fun. So when I had kids, I would wrap up like a book in mm-hmm. orange paper and put it like underneath the jack-o'-lantern and they would laugh. Like every, they knew it was me. Yeah. But it was just a fun, what book am I going to get from, you know? Mm-hmm. So there are so many ways to embrace and embrace and build up family traditions, which is, if you do stand up, like that's truly what it's all about, is the fun, creating great family moments um, together. And we can talk more about how I address it with our small group leaders at church, because it is like kind of a hairy topic. Mm-hmm. We always have um, a Santa conversation at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. but um, But that's what I think it's important for families to embrace is the tradition. How are you creating and interwiving fun and all of that through the holidays, whether it's Christmas or anything else. Yeah. Yeah, And I think too, that it's a great point because of, of the larger story you're telling, because when we think about the naughty and nice list, Mm -hmm. for instance, like I've heard parents say that stuff all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, like, well, if you don't do this, you're going to like Santa's. Oh, and random strangers, like telling kids having a meltdown in the store. Oh, you better stop. It's like, you don't even know my kid. But like the crazy part about that is, uh, again, tying it more back into the faith element. Like people do this with, with God all the time. Oh yeah. If you don't act the right way, God's not going to bless you. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember someone, we were in this conversation, uh, a larger conversation, and I said, and I'd said to him, like, so you believe God's Santa? <laughs> I mean, and seriously. You know, like, that is... So a, you believe Santa is prosperity gospel? <laughs> yes. How dare you? But, like, yeah. again, it's, like, these little things that we set up in, if, if eight, again, if 80% of our worldview is shaped by the, the age eight, mm-hmm. so, you, you know, you're... I understand that 20% can overcome a lot of the 80% like afterwards. But if that's a, a true thing that like psychologists have like research and studies. So like if that's a true thing, part of that eight years is what we're doing with our kids during Santa. Yeah. And during like these like big holidays. And, th- and so making sure we also aren't shaping worldviews on like this. Like if I if I I get because I was good or if I, you know, like that kind of mindset that can feed right. into how we just view life and view God. Mm-hmm. Well, and we live in a world that's so performance-based anyway. Like, um, the stats of anxiety and depression, like in kids coming up, are is off the charts anyway. There's such a crazy pressure on kids for performance mm-hmm. that I can see easily how that also yeah. then starts seeping into their faith and what they think about God. God's yeah. going to love me more if I perform better you know, and it can also show, into it. and it can also show them that there are no consequences for their bad action. Because let's be honest, you're not 
they're all getting their coal. gifts. Yeah, they're oh, all right. getting their gifts. A hundred percent. I always wonder, like, man, what if one year we just went super <laughs> hardcore? Like, would it affect that? Would they like? Would it wreck them for the rest of their lives oh, if they just woke up and nothing on Christmas so. morning? That makes me sad. We never would, but we don't do the naughty nice things. So. I guess ultimately, right. like when you come to like around the, all these conversations, it's like if you're gonna do Santa, do it well, have fun with it, build the traditions, have a good time, but be unbelievably thoughtful. Right. Yeah. Do you I know what I mean? Like, be, yeah. like, if you're going to do thoughtful Santa, not just cultural Santa. Yeah. Like, be a really thoughtful parent. If you're going to, if you're going to do Santa, be really thoughtful about it and, like, be a, like, build a bigger and correct story f- yeah. to raise your kids in. Yeah. And I think that's, like, my big thing with always sharing sort of, like, stuff from my childhood it, that I want people to take away from it is, is the importance of, um, this kind of stuff uh, and how it shapes your kid. Like, be thoughtful about the way that they interact with with like fantasy and culture, and like be thoughtful with the way that they interact with music and with literature and with cartoons. And you know, like, because that stuff is super important. Even if it seems silly, even if it's just like I can't imagine how silly Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was to my my parents. You know, um, but it it's important to a seven year old. Like, mm-hmm. super important. So just embrace that it's important and interact and, and and give it its due as you point it back to, you know, whatever it is, uh, point it back to Christ. Because to a kid, you know, again, like especially to a kid that may find themselves not fitting in or having a hard time at school or whatever, like those things become their safe place. And if that safe place is not pointing back to the reality of Jesus, then, it, then yeah, they'll just become kids who, you know, just can't, can't function and like have to, right play video games or Dungeons and Dragons or read comic books just to like get away rather than just have that as like a safe option for the, for themselves. So, yeah. Um, cool. Well, good conversation guys. Um, thanks everyone, uh, for joining us, uh, for this very special Santa Claus Christmas episode of stay curious. It will also be our final episode for, um, 2019. We will see you all in the new decade in 2020. Mm-hmm. It's an election year. There's going to be lots to do. Very little to talk <laughs> oh, about. Yeah, nothing to talk about on this podcast <laughs> next year. That's when you can listen to Hill City Kids Around <laughs> for right. a break. Yeah. And uh, if you want to hear more from Kara, you can subscribe to Hill City Kids Around. Just search that on the podcast app and it will pop up. It is um, her and um, Lauren, who also works uh, with our kids here at church. It's their um, podcast around parenting and kids. Um, and it's super, super fun. So make sure to search for Hill City Kids Around. And um, thanks, y'all, for joining in. Uh, rate and review us if you get a chance. If you want to email us questions, comments, quips, quotes, or suggestions, you can do that to stay curious at hillcityrva.com. Um, send your friends to uh, christmasandrva.com uh, if they don't have somewhere to go for Christmas uh, because we'd love to have them here for Christmas Eve. And we will see y'all next time. Remember, stay curious.